Welcome to Behind the Mic, a show that spotlights WBOI volunteer hosts and the programs they produce. On today's episode, we'll listen in on a conversation between Behind the Mic host Julia Meek and her guest Bruce Grimm. He co-hosts the show Sidetracks with Brad Etter and George Seymour. You can hear it live on 89.1 every Saturday night at 9 p.m. This interview was recorded in November of 2017. Bruce Graham, welcome. Hello, Julie. How are you doing? Fine, Bruce. Thank you. You are in here sharing the music love every week on the airwaves in Saturday night's side tracks. So when and how did your passion for it all begin? I've loved music since I was a child, actually. Okay. Uh, but really, it took form back in the, I guess, uh, Ruby's Red Hot Records. I got my first job working at a pizza hut, and when Ruby had moved out there, I'd show up a couple, three hours early, hang out with Joe Anderson or John Archer, and they would play <laughs> music, and they so it exposed me to a lot of different music. And that was sort of how it got started. And also, you meet a lot of people come out of the record store who are in the same passions for music, so then you'd start hanging out. One guy had a shortwave radio. We'd listen to John Peel sessions and all that kind of stuff. It was fun. You and, got a good intro and then upbringing. Yeah, it was a good things. education. People had more interesting ideas to bring out there for you. So as you developed, and of course now you're sharing it over the radio, what does the radio connection mean to you? Well, I love a lot of music, and I would like people to hear that music. So if I found something that maybe someone else has not heard, if I have one person say, hey, I really like yeah. that one song, I went out and got it, or I really like it, I think that's a great thing. So I'm trying to expose people to music, be it new or old. Lots of other things like about our show is we'll play stuff from 2017, brand new releases. We'll go back to the 50s and 60s. Nothing is left off the table. Equal opportunity. Correct. That's just great. As a matter of fact, you and your partners in Saturday Night's Sidetracks Crime that's Brad Edder and George Seymour. How did you three get together? Well, I've known George for a long time. He worked at the Karma and I was a regular. Karma is one of the record stores from back in the heyday. We should let Correct. our listeners know. Yeah, Karma Records. That was in our place I hung out quite a lot at. And George was the manager there at one point. So we've known each other for quite some time. And then Brad, actually, I met him a few times through George, but really until the radio show, it's really it's when I got to know him and his passion for music as well. And put you three together. And that's quite a dynamic trio, I have to say. Yeah, I used to always text him or call him and, what are you going to play tonight? So I get an idea how to craft the show. But sometimes we would just show up and we didn't know what we had. So <laughs> that's where we have the comment. And now we're going to get totally sidetracked here. It was always fun. That's great. And since you brought it up, calling it sidetracked, I really do like the way you three get musically derailed, to be sure. Otherwise, what is your take on the name sidetracks? For us, you're not necessarily going to play the top 40 song, the song everybody's heard by that artist. It's like, Here's another deeper cut by this artist that we really like. Okay. For yeah. us there. So it's just, you know, we're not just going to, you're just not going to hear like the hits all the time. You're going to hear that band you really love. Oh, I never heard that song. That's kind of fun. And derail is not a bad thing to be. And it's something that you really might do musically with your listeners. Correct. And then sometimes you're sort of nervous, like, oh gosh, we just played some really folky thing. Now we're going to play something really loud, but it hangs together. So sometimes where you're even like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't play that. When you're all said and done, it's like, no, we should have played it. It was really cool. It's a nice sort of... Good point. And, and you're uh, sort of uh, channeling the old uh, freeform radio. Correct. From back in that day, too, which is a great thing to be channeling. Oh, definitely. Okay. I am curious, just how do you guys plan your weekly three-way attack on a show and then execute it? Well, actually, we just sort of agree on a set order. Like if I was first this week, then George is first okay. next week. Uh, but when it comes down to like the music, whatever you guys want to play, it's totally up to you. Occasionally, like I'll say, well, hey, wait a second. I've got this one set of music that might flow really good after that one. But that's literally the night we get there. 
because it's kind of fun just to be surprised what they thought of. Like you're you're almost as surprised as our your listeners are then. Correct. <laughs> and a lot of times, like George was playing some psychedelic music a few nights ago, and was like, "Hey, you know, that was really cool. A lot of stuff I'd never heard before." But it was the first time I heard a lot. Of it, so we were just both sitting there smiling away. It was having a good old time. That's fantastic. Really, when you can surprise and please each other and the listeners all at one time, yes. and you certainly do a good job week in week out. That's for sure. Okay. What can the listener expect to hear on any given Saturday night, for example? Well, it'll go from the range of folk music to rock and roll and, and everything in between. So we'll play like Woody Guthrie. We'll play the latest from a band that just played like a, the Brass Rail, like Big Thief or something like that. Like I said, whatever works in the mix. If it flows together, that's all that matters. Or occasionally, like all these interesting covers where I played like Toots the Maytals, George Harrison. So it's like playing some reggae, playing this, but it was all these bands doing covers of stuff. So it's just really how the mix, how it flows together. So if it sounds good in the mix, we'll even play jazz occasionally. And you seem to usually be at the throttle, so we would call you the engineer. How do you like doing that disc slinging? And as I understand, it's not, you don't exactly sling them anymore. Not as much. It's kind of make a mixed disc up ourselves, bring it in there. So we'll copy them down from our vinyl or our CDs, put it in the mix there. So but, you bring them right into the studio Correct. With and you. then we'll plop them right down. Then we'll bring the disc in with this in case something doesn't go right. So we'll sling a disc or a lot of times... George has a lot, a lot of vinyl. I've got quite a bit of vinyl as well. And so occasionally there's certain songs that we don't have in your format. We'll play in the vinyl there. So that's okay. always fun, queuing things back up and doing it that way. So you're happy to do whatever it takes to get that music yeah, shared? Yeah, anyway. Uh, we've actually uh, played with the idea of using the cassette player in there, but we don't know if it I works. I was going to ask if you would consider doing that, but why, silly me, of course you would. Why wouldn't you? i got a bunch of cassettes still. <laughs> we've actually played with the idea. We don't know if it works or not, so we were considering well, it. Well, you're going to keep us posted. I have a feeling that we will know yes. when if you are successful. And I think that is just great. Okay. I'm always curious with all of our on-air hosts, what are your favorite pursuits when you're not on air? Well, I love reading books on any type of topic, listening to music. I used to play guitar, but I don't play as much right now. And I have really simple taste, music and books and a good movie, I guess. Regarding your musical past, I'm sure you've had a lot of interesting musical uh, happenings and events in your life, to be sure. Are there any that really just stand out as like the ultimate musical experience for you? Two, actually. Well, one mainly. Well, I'd moved to Bloomington. I had just turned 21. And I pretty much only seen like concerts at the Coliseum or big, 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 big concerts. And I, so I read about this guy named Richard Thompson. And he's playing at Jake's. And they're saying he was playing the Fairport Convention. And actually, you no, know, all my people at college are no, they don't want to go. So I went by myself. Mm-hmm. So I get there, and it was just like, okay, now I know what I've been missing when it came oh to goodness. music. And also, I sat with a lot of people who traveled there to see him, and they told me about all these things. And it was like, just, oh my gosh, it was great. And for me, seeing concerts at small clubs, that became like, for me, the best thing. But also, I went on a Fairport Convention Reunion Festival back in the 80s and got <laughs> to meet all these people there, traveling to Europe and England. Actually, a lot of the bands, I got to the point where a lot of bands I liked would play all in Europe. So I said, okay, let's fly to Europe and see some concerts. Young folks might not know who Fairport Convention is, but back in that day, they were really quite something. Yes. And uh, they played a Celtic type of rock music. They basically blended Bob Dylan, Celtic music, and folk music. I guess England's answer to the uh, folk movement there with their own little accent, I guess. Is the best way That's to a great description. And that kind of keeps them, even their old stuff, it keeps them evergreen, to be sure. Yes. And uh, I thank you for bringing them up. What an experience to have gotten to... Uh, be in the whole 
reunion movement. Oh, yeah, it was great. And then they had a big reunion festival, and they'd bring all the sort of who's who's of uh, bands. When I went to that first tour, it was like, well, we went to like a Kaylee, Don Kelly, Doogie McLean's house, and, and Fiona Ritchie was there. And uh, all the guys from Silly Wizard were playing and stuff like that. And it was just crazy. But all the people we were hanging out with was like the critic from Boston Globe, uh, people from Los Angeles Times. All these other people had really interesting lives from all over the world. So you're hanging with these really super cool people. Although I was on the point where uh, they could drink a lot better than I ever could. So it was one of those things where we were up the pub there and it's like all night long. It's like, not me. It's like, yeah, three or four of those pints put me down. That is awesome. And what an amazing experience. And thank you for sharing it to have, mm. have had such a memory. Definitely. Good for you. Okay, Bruce, how would you say doing live radio, especially public radio, has changed your life? Well, I think before, music was more of a, a private thing. You would just listen to music, and you may tell a few people about it, but now it, you sort of let everybody know, this is what I'm listening to, this is what I really like, and I hope you like it as well. But like I said, Brad brings his own school of thought in, George brings his own school of thought in, and it's always interesting to hear how it all comes together. It is, and mm -hmm. as you're saying, it's an empowerment. Yes. And we're glad you have it. Did you have any idea it would be this way when you first started doing this? And it has been five years ago. No, actually, it was one of those things where, like I said, it sort of brought my passion back. I used to make mixtapes when I was a kid. I love making mixtapes up for the car. Also, I'd share with my friends or, you know, I'd give them to people who were going on to Purdue or something. Like, Here, here's a good mixtape for you to listen to on the way down. So, yeah, for me, it's just more like discovering the mix, making the, the perfect mix, or I guess, or the one that you're happy with. That is certainly a worthwhile endeavor, and mm -hmm. now you get to share it Correct. over the airwaves. That is just right on. So, okay, Bruce, I get the gift that you give to your listeners with your show because I am one of your listeners. So very last question, what do you get from it all? Well, for me right now, in a lot of cases, rediscovering older music that I'd forgotten about. So for me, it's like, oh, gosh, let's grab that old Sandy Denny. I've been playing the last few weeks. I was playing some Sandy Denny music because I had this Sandy album. I said, well, I haven't listened to that in quite a while. Oh, that's a really great tune. So for me, it's sort of helped me rediscover my music collection. And also, oh, yeah, I used to really like that artist. I wonder if he's got anything new out I haven't got because there's so much good music out there. And sometimes you can't keep up with certain artists. You're like, you're, they're like the favorite band you had for like so many years. And then all of a sudden, you just sort of go a different direction. And now you can rediscover that. So for me, it's been just a process of rediscovering music and also, obviously, listening to new music as well. Bruce Grimm is co-host of WBOI's Side Tracks, which is heard every Saturday evening from 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock here on WBOI. Partners Brad Eder and George Seymour. Bruce, thank you so much for joining me on that side of the microphone today. And here's to your ever being sidetracked. Thank you very much, Julia. You have a great day. Behind the Mic is hosted and produced by Julia Meek. You can find other Behind the Mic conversations at WBOI.org or wherever podcasts are found. And be sure to tune in to 89.1 FM for more NPR news and diverse music. Our music is by Mark Waldick. Thanks for listening.